Hey, it's Jamin Fraser, and you're listening to The Insecurity Project. This podcast is a mixture of interviews with experts, authors, and individuals who've gone on to do great things in their life by overcoming their own insecurity. You'll also hear one-on-one coaching sessions with people who are willing to be vulnerable and share their own journey with the world. Also, you'll hear 10 Minute Tuesday, which is a chance for me to deliver high-quality personal development content to help you in your own journey. I hope you find the podcast useful. Now on to today's show. Well, hello again. We're on the Insecurity Project and I had the great pleasure of interviewing Lucy Holmes this morning. She's the uh, much-loved presenter, morning breakfast presenter at Light FM. And uh, I've got to know Lucy a little bit through the one-minute coach stuff that I've done at Light FM and other stations around the country. Uh, but yeah, a real real privilege to have you on the show this morning, Lucy. So thank you very much for being willing to, to come on. My pleasure. Looking forward to having a big chat to you. Oh, excellent. Okay. Um, cool. So let's launch right into it. Uh, obviously, the Insecurity Project is, you know, the intention is about helping people explore their own limiting beliefs, I suppose. I think, you know, that is ultimately the stuff that, holds us back and becomes the handbrake issues in our life. So love to understand your journey and, and obviously to be where you are today, you've had to overcome some of your own insecurity and some own doubts and fears about whether you're good enough, do you have what it took. Um, so we'll get on to that. But yeah, as I've started with, with all the other guests, really interested in a bit of your backstory and particularly the role your parents played in shaping your beliefs about yourself and building your self-esteem and what they taught or modelled to you about confidence. So can you tell us a bit about what it was like growing up in your home and the role your parents played? You know, I um, I was quite a shy child, uh, which is interesting because I'm such an extrovert now, I'm a sanguine now, but when I was a yeah. little kid, I was, I was quite shy um, and I probably didn't have the greatest self-confidence and my uh, my mum was quite shy as well, so I think I probably modelled a lot from from her watching her life. Uh, my dad was cr- quite gregarious, but I seemed to be a little bit more like my mum growing up, which was strange because as I got older, I really had a massive passion for performing and being on stage. And it was really a strange kind of paradox because whilst I love the thought of being on stage and singing and dancing and acting, I also was terrified at the very thought of wanting to do that. So it was a funny little thing to want to do, but also couldn't imagine ever doing that because I did not have the confidence to do that at the time. But I had great parents who were very much of the school of thought, well, you can do whatever you want to do, you can be whatever you want to be, don't let your limitations hold you back. So they encouraged me in that way, which was really fantastic because when I um, left high school, I was going to study, well, I did study journalism for a, a bit of time and really wanted to be a performer but kept thinking, I don't know if I'm good enough to be a performer and I yeah. eventually left journalism to study music theatre and that was because my parents were like, you know what, Lucy, life is too short, do what you actually want to do. So I think their belief in me really helped um, me yeah, in my career okay. So I'm really interested, if you're willing to share, a bit about their belief in themselves. So did they model what it looked like to believe in themselves? So were they pursuing their own dreams or do you think that they invested a lot into your dreams and really resourced you pursuing your dreams? How did they do that? Yeah, it was very much they invested into me. Um, okay. I think, you know, they, they they grew up in England, they grew up in the war, 
um, they had me when they were, you know, my mum was in her 30s. So it wasn't like they were modelling it for themselves, going, we're just going to do all we can do. They'd sort of come to Australia to give their children a better shot at life. And so they really enabled me in that. So when I did go study music, they were the ones that, it was was a full-time course, there was no time for me to work. Uh, because of the way the degree was set up. So my parents financed it all. They would they wow. paid for my whole tuition. They gave me an allowance so that I could live. I, I had to go live. There was only a couple of unis around Australia that did the course, so I had to go live um, up in North Queensland by myself to study. And so they made that all happen because of their belief in me, which I still to this day look back on and think, wow, that was amazing that they did that for me because, I mean, it's an arts degree. And at the end of the day, I mean, it's, they may have gone, you know, this may amount to nothing, but they wanted to give me yeah, sure. a really good crack, which was kind of amazing. I still pinch myself that they gave me that opportunity. Yeah, wow. Mm. Um, what an amazing gift, and it sounds like they really it gave you so much. Mm. Um, but, you know, one of the theories I've got in terms of the role parents play is that, you know, obviously the least useful a parent could be is to pay no attention to their child or to undermine their child's confidence and, and sadly that does happen sometimes parents are cruel and mm. and unkind to their children and really squash their children for some unknown reason um you know so obviously that's not going to be helpful but then the, the next attempt a parent makes often is to put their own dreams on hold and really put everything into their kids dreams which is which is lovely and and beautiful um, my my thinking is that the the most useful a parent could be would be to model it themselves. So it would be to mm. demonstrate, okay, what does this actually look like? Let me show you from my own example of what it means to be the kind of person, so that you know that it's possible. Um, yes, yeah, for sure. So because I'm wondering about a bit about your journey, how did you transfer, you know, their confidence in you and their belief in you into your own confidence in you? Because obviously that's a beautiful gift and a wonderful start they've given you. But at some point, mm. you've still got to work out yourself. Do I believe in me? Do I think I've got what it takes? Am I going to disappoint my parents? Am I going to let them down? You know, so can you tell us a bit about your own belief journey and how you kind of internalized your own sense of confidence beyond just what your parents thought about you? Yeah. I mean, it was it was definitely a journey and it was a long, long, long journey. You know, I studied that degree when I was probably about 19 or 20 um, and I'm in my, my late 30s now uh, and I think it was something I battled with for a really, really, really long time and again it was that kind of tension between adoring being a performer but also having zippity doodah confidence and, and to get out on stage and really as a performer if you don't believe in yourself you completely hinders you as a performer you just... You oh, yeah, I could imagine. Performer. <laughs> Um, yeah, and, so, sure. and that's why I went to uni to learn how to do that. But in my early days, when I left uni and then was gigging around as a performer, and when I started my career in my early twenties, um, it, it was a really interesting time because I loved performing and I'd be on stage. And if something didn't go the way I thought, or if the audience, if I didn't get the reaction I thought, or if I, or even if you've got a standing ovation, but you'd see one person in the audience sit down, or <laughs> yeah. someone kind of look at you and, and you'd read their look as judgment, or I would I would come off and I would cry. I would sit backstage and yeah, I would wow. cry after performing. And it was ridiculous because everything was dependent on how I thought the audience was perceiving me. And I actually got through that. And it was literally due to one person who I was on stage with. I um, 
I've toured in a Kylie Minogue stage show for 17 years called 100% Kylie. And so in those early days, there was a choreographer and dancer in the show called Mitch who um, actually toured and worked with the real Kylie for many years. And he came and worked with us and toured with us. And he was on stage by my side for many, many, many years. And in those early years where I would come off and cry, he would be the one who would say, what are you doing? This is crazy. You are amazing. You actually need to believe it. You need to not let other people's perceptions or other people's judgment ever affect you. He goes, you're out on stage doing what you love and you need to, that needs to be enough. You need to go out there because you love it, not go out there and do it because you're going to feel better when people applaud you for it. He goes, because there'll never be enough applause in the world to, to fill that void in you. He goes, do it because you love it. You're living an incredible life. You just need to own it. And he would never let me cry. He'd never buy into my insecurity. And having someone by my side on every show that really kind of slapped it out of me was a really big part of me enjoying it and owning it and getting through my insecurities because I had that constant voice in my <laughs> next to me going, you know, you're great. You just need to believe it for once. Well, uh, it's so fascinating that you you said that, you know, even if you got a standing ovation, so you get all the applause, but one person's not, then mm. all the external validation you get from the, the crowd vanishes just like that, just because yeah. one person's not. So um, the process of detaching the need for the external reference point, and, and like you said, just going out there because you love it, and it's what yeah. you want to do. Uh, and it's it's you, you become your own reference point. Um, mm. So uh, yeah, that sounds like a really amazing process and a, a gift that that guy gave you to help you transition that belief. Because um, yeah, so I'm I'm hearing that there have been times where insecurity has limited you. But uh, do you think it limits you today? Or have you found ways of making sure that doesn't hold you back from the things that you have in your heart to do and the dreams that you're pursuing? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm I'm 38 now, and so I, I and I'm someone who's really keen and really focused on trying to better myself. So I never yeah uh, I'm never happy with where I am, and I don't mean career wise. I just mean personally wise, like who I am, my sure. character. I'm always really keen to be the best version of myself that I can be. And so, and I, and I remember that light bulb, light bulb moment um, in my, uh, maybe my late 20s of going, no amount of approval from others is going to make me feel worthy enough. I have to do yeah. performing for the love of performing and understand that they are very different things. And when I let go of the need for any sort of approval, I could go out on stage and just have the biggest laugh whether it was to 20,000 people who stood up and cheered or whether it was to 10 people who gave you a mediocre clap. It didn't matter because I loved what I was doing. But, I mean, insecurity has always been there, especially as a performer. Um, it's it's something that dogs performers. I've always said, I've said so many times, that performers are often the most insecure people you meet. And I think it's because our need to perform and our love of performing is also kind of tied in for our need of affirmation. And I yeah, find sure. the, best performers, uh, the best performers are the ones who have realized that and gone, okay, so I was looking for something and now I've realized I don't need it and I'm just going to enjoy the art form <laughs> because yeah, for some wow. reason, uh, performers are the ones that thrive off applause and uh, that is a, um, it can be a really dangerous thing. So it definitely um, hindered me early on. It was something I battled especially a lot, you know, just it was something that would control my life, being insecure as a performer, as a radio yeah. host, 
Um, you're going off to auditions. You do 100 auditions, you get none. You know, that's the, that's the nature of the beast. So unless you're a strong character, it, you can take a real battering sometimes. But I think with a lot of help and a few things that I chose to do over, say, the last 10 years, um, I, I, I would rarely now struggle with insecurity because it's something that I feel is just, it's a really waste of time and energy in my life and it holds me back from stepping into everything I could have. There's a saying that I love which is, everything you've ever wanted is on the other side of fear and insecurity hmm. is just another type of fear. So for me it's about getting past that and stepping out because then I know I can live a really authentic life that makes a difference. That's so cool. Um, are, there, are there people in the industry who you think model that well? So, you know, that what you described about showing up relaxed, showing up present, showing up having confronted their own insecurity and going, you know what, I'm, I'm going to cut the cord that ties my sense of worth to this external validation. I'm just going to be me. Because as you said, I, I think they would be the best performers. That those They would show up with magic because there'd be something yeah. very beautiful about how they show up. Are there people in, in, in the industry that you think really embody that? Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely a lot of people out there who are doing that. I mean, um, I mean, you can think of even mega superstars who just seem to walk out and and just own it. I went and saw Bruno Mars the other night, and yeah. I was so blown away at his presence on stage. There was nothing forced. There was nothing yeah. patronizing. There was nothing insecure. There was just a man who literally had little sets, had no dancers, just had him and his band. Really? He commanded 15,000 people because he was so comfortable in himself. He loved what he was doing. And I and I was, I was saying to a friend, I've seen Beyonce, I've seen Madonna, I've seen uh, U2, I've seen Kylie, and they're all amazing performers. But Bruno yeah. seemed to just be so comfortable in himself and love what he did so much that he had 15,000 people on their feet without even any effort. It was extraordinary to watch. So I think there's a lot of people out there who are on this journey and I think I think especially now in this day and age we're learning so much about self-reflection and empowering ourselves to be the best versions of ourselves. So I think a lot of people are are looking for this and striving for this and realizing that things like insecurity are are holding us back from being all we can be. Mm. Yeah, well that's that's really true. One of the my favorite models around uh, personal development is the hero's journey. I'm not sure whether you've come across that at all. No. Uh, Joseph, Joseph Campbell summarised all the stories that we love throughout time, throughout you know history, religion, arts, um, you know, and just said there's a common story arc, as, and and when a story follows that common story arc, that's why we love it so much. Um, and mm. certainly Hollywood has picked up on his work and. Um, the major blockbusters all follow this common story arc and it's described as the hero's journey. But it's, it really mirrors the personal development journey so much because, uh, you know, at some point the hero has to face their fear. They have to, um, and they think it's going to conquer them and they think it's going to destroy them. They think there's no way through it. But because they're the hero, you know, and we're watching, what are they going to do? And it's high stakes and there's no guarantees, but they're the hero, right? So, of course, they find a way through and... And, and they get the reward on the other side of that. But it doesn't stop there because then the hero brings the reward back to the hero's world and everyone gets the benefit from that. Mm-hmm. So the hero's journey is such a, a wonderful way of thinking about the effect of what happens when one person does personal development well. It doesn't yeah. just, it's not just a benefit to them, 
it, it is a blessing to their world. And so yeah. you, know, you tell the story of Bruno Mars and, and being in that space, I, I imagine that must have been a magic experience. I imagine there must have been stuff happening on a very deep level in you that you, you benefit from mm. the internal work that guy's obviously done on himself so that he can show up and bring something that is transcendent. Like it's almost a spiritual experience. You, mm. you walk home enriched um, because of what he's done. Uh, yeah. So I think it's, um, it's always really cool. And I, I love, like yeah. what you say, I, I love that we're in an age where this, these are the conversations we're having. You know, this mm. wasn't the conversations our parents were having, um, no. you know, 30, 40, no, 50 years ago. Yeah, and it, it has changed. I mean, even even in the last 10 years, I, I think we've seen an acceleration of this. But I've done Brecky Radio for 10 years. And when I started, I was in my 20s and I was a young woman and I wasn't sure of myself. I wasn't particularly confident. I did wonder, do people want to listen to me? Have I got anything worthwhile saying? If I got a complaint made against me, it would send me tumbling. I would question whether I should even bother doing radio. Over the, yeah, it was insane because then tell you what, when you work in radio, people tell you what they think and they can contact you in a hundred different ways and get straight through <laughs> to you with their criticism. And it took me many years to learn to grow a thick skin and to realize that people's opinions don't define who I am and people's judgment cannot affect my life if I don't want to let it. But um, it took me years to get to that point. And now I love doing radio where I am at now because I have a real privilege. Light FM, where I work in Melbourne, has a million listeners um, every month now. And I find it an incredible honour and an amazing privilege to be where I am now and be able to speak yeah. as a constant woman, speak truth, speak hope, speak life into people's lives because I've gone on the journey and done the hard work to get to a place where... I can stand up and say the things I want to say and try and impact people's lives. Where 10 years ago when I started, I questioned, did I, could I, do I have anything to offer the world? Where now I'm like, actually, I know I can inspire people. I know I can put a smile on people's faces. I know I can get you know, other women and mums to question why they're doing the way they're doing things and, and yeah. encourage them to be the best versions of themselves. And I wouldn't be able to do that on this platform if I hadn't gone on the journey myself of figuring it out for myself. So you're right, you do. It it does help your community when you nail this kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, that's so true. Um, and, yeah, that's an amazing story because I think if you hadn't worked on your stuff, maybe you wouldn't, you wouldn't have survived in that industry. It sounds like a very yeah. tough place to be to, um, yeah, to have not done that journey. So... Credit to you, yeah, amazing! Sure. And like you say, you get to now make a, a difference and speak something real to people, and have a platform yeah. where people listen to you. So yeah. it's extraordinary. Uh, are there practices, rituals, disciplines, things that you find useful uh, to to daily kind of build this belief inside you? Because uh, you know, obviously, it's not something you set and forget. There are always new challenges and new levels to grow through. So are there, are there certain practices that you find useful to maintain healthy sense of self? Yeah, for sure. I, I, um, I think it's because, for me, I, I have the realisation that things like insecurity destroy my ability to connect with other people well. And I'm, I, I'm such a connector. I love connecting with, whether it's my listeners or whether it's at the shops with the Lady of Coles. It's my, that's what drives me. So for me, I always... I, I do have a couple of things that are always top of mind for me, especially this season of life I'm in at the moment where I'm just so um, obsessed with my own personal <laughs> development at the moment, probably because I'm yeah. a new mum and I want to make sure that 
I can get it right so I can pass it on to my three-year-old. Yeah, yeah, but, sure. Um, I think for me, um, number one is having great people around you as cheerleaders and listening to them. So great mentors who can give you that wise information, who can empower you when you're low, who, like my friend years and years and years ago, who could say what you were thinking, what you're listening is wrong and I'm here to yeah. remind you of that. So I think when you have that people, those people around you who believe the best, who see the best, who say, hey, I love you completely unconditionally, I just love you because you're you, I think that yeah. is an incredible thing to realize is a, is a real massive blessing in your life. So that's probably my so number you deliberately, one thing. You deliberately seek those people out and make sure you've got people in your world yep. who are fulfilling that role, who are, who are able to speak honestly to you, um, but they speak powerfully and truthfully about who you are and call you higher. Yes, exactly. And if you have someone in your life who feeds your insecurity or who brings hmm. you down or is a toxic friend, yeah. then I'm all for removing them in a really healthy way, mm. uh, but also yeah, sure. realizing that you know if you're around that atmosphere, it is not healthy for your mental health sometimes. So I would make sure the people in my life are incredible people who really feed me and, and help me. So... That's um, one of the things I do. I think one of the other things I do is... Can, um, I, can I just pause you on that? Just, to, yeah. just a quick question on that because I, I imagine, you know, people who are listening go, yeah, that'd be great to have wonderful people in my life, but I don't have them. You know, where do you find them and how do you yeah. come to have these kind of people in your life? So how do you attract high-quality people into your world? I think, you know, you've got to be a... Um, you've got to... I think if you're looking for a friend, you've also got to be that friend. So okay, if you yeah. want to be, if you want to be that great person, then start walking in that, start being that great person that attracts other great people, and don't be afraid to ask for that. Don't be afraid to look for that, you know. And when you start looking for, it, I think they're the times that you find it. Sometimes those friendships do take time, but sometimes it's as simple as I've got a great counsellor and. I love chatting to her. Now, of course, that's, um, you know, obviously, I mean, she's a friend, but I go I go looking for that wisdom and that counsel from someone and having someone in my life who can speak into situations and help me unpack situations is priceless. I absolutely love talking to her. Um, I've also got an amazing older sister who is an incredibly wise woman. So it's just a matter of really maintaining, looking for those friendships, nurturing those friendships, Anything um, that is great and good, it, it takes time and you have to be responsible for that nurturing. You can't sit back and go, well, where are they all come to me? And it's <laughs> yeah, yeah, the sure. hard work. You've got to do the hard work. I think about, this is a silly example, but I think about my mum's group when I first met some women when I had my baby. You know, we at those first few meetings, we didn't know each other. We were complete strangers. The only thing we had in common is that we all gave birth within the same month. Like, it's silly. But we got through those initial awkward first meetings where we knew nothing about each other and, and we made it a priority to go out for coffee. And now, four years later, these women are my best friends. But that took yeah, a lot yeah. of hard work on, on all our behalf. We all had to stick aside our insecurities, like, does she like me? Yeah. <laughs> Is she judging me? my mothering? Yeah, so they're judging me. What do they think about this? And, you know, it took a lot of us laying that down, making it a priority. And now, four years down the track, I have some women who would go into battles for me any day of the week. But it, that took work. And I think if you sit back and expect it to fall in your lap, 
then you're going to be bitterly disappointed. You you have to go and be the friend that you want to have. I think that's probably one of the things I would say. Uh, that's that's great advice. Uh, there's a as a saying. I'm not even sure where it came from, but uh, that when the student is ready, the teacher appears, and yes, it's kind of like this sense that. that yeah, the teacher's always there, but the student's not always ready. And so yep. if something happens when you do the internal work around being ready that all of a sudden these resources in your world that have probably always been there all of a sudden yep. become apparent and you, you see that. So that's something that rings true for you? Yeah, I, I completely believe in that. And I've had that happen, especially in the season where I'm at at the moment. People have come at, at the right time. Um, to carry me through some tough situations and I'm like, this is amazing. This is so incredible divine timing but I'm a, I'm a big believer in that for sure. Uh, fantastic. Um, so that was the first thing that you said in terms of yes. rituals and practices, making sure you've got yes. key people in your world and high quality people and, and sometimes punting low quality people. Uh, yep. <laughs> was there something else that you were going to say? Yes. About I've, got, I've, got, I've, I've thought about four little tips. So my second okay, great. one is... Um, if you're battling insecurity because of something someone else has said to you, then you need to forgive them and you need to let it go. You can't let someone else's words determine the rest of your future. And you think back to people like Einstein. He was told he would never amount to anything. A teacher said, you will never amount to anything. So Einstein, mm. Elvis was told, stick to driving trucks because you'll never make it as a singer. I mean, Elvis mm. was told that. Yeah. Paul Disney was told, you lack creative ideas and if any of yeah. those three had listened to those voices and believed that story from someone else's opinion they wouldn't have had those three careers that they had so I think that's a big thing because I, I'm a words of affirmation person so when people speak into my life I take it on but I've had to learn that just because someone says something to me it doesn't determine who I am it doesn't make me yeah. who I am and I can stop it before it hits my soul and say I'll stop you there. I'm not going to take that on. That's not who I am. So if people have said things to you like you're not going to do this or you're ugly or you're fat or you're talentless, the only time that is true and if it's going to affect your life is if you let it. You can stop that. You can just say, I'm actually not taking any of that business on. I know who I am. And the power in doing that, in not letting people's words affect you, negative words, is one of the most powerful things I think you can ever do. Uh, it's hard to do sometimes, especially if you're a sensitive person. Words can can hurt. But at the end of the day, it is completely on you. It's your choice whether you let them hurt you or not. You can't control other people's actions. They're going to say whatever they want to say, and there are nasty people in the world. And sometimes they can be in your own family, and they can say the most hurtful things. But at the end of the day, you can't control them, but you can control your response to what is said. So I think that's really important, especially when it comes to insecurity, You've got to let go of what anyone has ever said over you and forgive them and realise that they're all hurting. Everyone, we live in a hurting world. People say things, but to forgive them and move on. How, how do you forgive? What's, that's a, it's a big word and a scary word for a lot of people. And I, I have friends and family that say, uh, I will never forgive. Like, mm -hmm. it just, that's that they've locked in. It's like, what, what has been done to me? I, I just yeah. cannot forgive that person. So... And talk us through what that means for you. How do you forgive? Yeah, look, I mean, then that's another a very big question because obviously there's a whole scale of things that people can do and have done and there's some horrendous things that are done in the world and in life and I understand yeah. that there is some extreme situations where you go, I'm not sure I could ever forgive and that's a personal journey. Um, I think 
forgiving doesn't always mean forgetting. You can mm. choose to say, you've done that. Um, I, I mean, I'm not saying that this is for everybody, but you can say, you know, you're a broken human. I'm going to forgive you, but that does not mean I let you back into my world. And it doesn't mean yeah. I forget it either, but it just means that I don't want to have any effects of holding bitterness in my life because I'm a true believer that if you do harbour a lot of anger or unresolved bitterness or tension, then it does work its way out somehow in your life, in your body, in your health. Um, mm-hmm. But there are ways, especially with good counsel and, and counsels and psychologists to, to get to a place of um, acceptance of certain things that have perhaps happened in your life and whether you call that forgiveness or not, that's really up to you. But I think for me, I I don't want to have any kind of unresolved things. I'm kind of just like, you know what, you've done this, go with God. I'm choosing to not have you in my life, but I'm also not going to harbor something that makes me sick or makes me feel sick when I think about that. But again, there's so many things in this life that hit you for a curveball. And, you know, you see mm-hmm. people whose children are murdered and, you know, they they can face the killer in court and say they forgive them. And, and as a mum, you kind of think, how could you ever get to that place of looking someone yeah. in the eye and going, I forgive you? But again, it's all a personal journey and you, you know, I guess you can't judge where people are at on that journey either. But, you know, it's, um, it's, a, it's a big one. A big, forgiveness is a big one. It, it totally is. And again, it's a journey, I think. And sometimes yeah, you but... forgive someone and then it comes back and that's all right because it's a journey, you know. Yeah, that's so true. It's almost from what you're saying, it's almost like you're setting yourself free from that person exactly. and the power that they have yeah. to keep hurting you. Maybe they hurt you once. Yes. It's like, yep. okay, well, I have to stop this hurt by by letting them go and freeing myself yes. from this situation. Yeah, yeah mm. that's exactly okay. it. It's not, about, it's not about freeing them, it's about freeing yourself yes. from that. Beautiful. Because they're Good never going to be free for the stuff they've done. But it's true, it's about releasing yourself so that you can go on to live your incredible life without that person and their event and their choices holding you back and giving them more power than they deserve. Yeah. Tough one, though. Big one. So, so good. That was number two. You said you had four. What's the third I idea think, you have around? Yep. Uh, the third one is accepting and just loving yourself and being kind to yourself and approving yourself, not waiting for others to do that, not wanting... 200 likes on Instagram on a photo, not going out of your way to wait for people to give you that, to go, you know what, I love myself, I'm happy with who I am. And when you're on, in those moments where you are battling insecurity to stop and to go, you know, who am I? Who, who am I? And, and at the end of the day, what matters? And loving yourself. And I think we do such an incredibly poor I think we just we just suck at that, and especially in this day and age. And I speak to a lot of ladies and a lot of mums in my job, and they all suck at loving themselves. So we're having incredible guilt about not being the right wife or not being the right mum, or I'm overweight, yeah. or I don't look like that Instagram model. And it's crazy because we're all these most incredible beings on this planet. We're here for such a short time. And when you see someone who is just so comfortable in themselves, regardless of what they look like, when they just love themselves, there's nothing more attractive than that. And you see those people. It doesn't matter what is going on around them, what whirlwind of life is going on around them because they have this unshakable kind of assurance that they're okay and that they're going to be okay and they're going to get through this. And I think we need to get better at loving ourselves and, and being okay with that and not going, oh, it's ego, oh, it's pride. It's not, you know. 
I mean, how can we love our kids? How can we love our friends and our family truly if we don't first have a deep love for who we are? And if you don't love yourself, if the things you want to change, then go on that journey. If you if you like, oh, you know, what? I'm a bit of a cow. I gossip a lot. Then work on that. Stop being that person. You know, it's um, it's hard work. All this stuff is big stuff. It's hard work, but it's doable. But I think loving yourself is a big one. That's that's so good, uh, and I agree. It is hard. One of the things I bang on about all the time is it's simple and hard. It's simple and hard. That I've always got those words in my mind. Everything that's attractive and worthwhile is simple and hard. You know, I look at yeah. a great golf swing, and it's simple and hard. Like it's not a complicated yeah. thing. You're just swinging the club back and hitting it squarely. Yeah. You know, but yeah. to get there, the, the, to get that inside your body so that you can do it under pressure, that's hard. Yeah. Um, just like yeah. all this stuff. So. So good. I, I really resonate with that idea of, of loving and accepting yourself. In fact, just before the call, one of my rituals is I look in the mirror and I say, Jamin, I deeply love and accept you. In fact, if you never go on and do these things that you, you dream of, if you never, uh, you know, if your book never sells another copy, if no one ever likes this podcast, if you never win another race, um, if your kids end up never talking to you again, if you end up divorced, um, Jamin, I still deeply love and accept you. Yeah, yeah. And that's a ritual that I practice every day, just to cut off all the need to achieve something in order to have worth, and just go yeah. nothing to prove, nothing to defend. I love you. I accept you. And it, it always starts out weird. Looking to my own eyes in the mirror is, is a weird thing to do, um, but I found it a, a practice and a ritual that is very life-giving and very important in doing exactly what you said. If I can't work out how to love myself, then I have nothing, no ability to give and receive love from others, really, because it, it does start yeah, with That's so love. funny, because when I was <laughs> at uni, when I was, when I was 18, my acting teacher uh, told us to start a ritual, which is nearly exactly the same, and I started doing it uh, back in the early days, and he said, look in the mirror before you step on stage and say to yourself, aren't I good and don't I know it? And it was about speaking <laughs> words into yourself, but then also owning it and going, aren't I good and don't I know it? And I yeah. have told that to so many people. I'm like, look in the mirror, tell yourself that you're good and tell yourself that you know it because that's where it all has to start. I mean, the buck stops with us, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I yeah. love that you do that. That is the, that is the best. Oh, I, 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 have, I have fun with it. Sometimes I, I say to myself, Jamin, you magnificent bastard. That was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> that's another one of my favorite rituals. Favorite affirmations. Then anyone else would think that's crazy. That's a, that's a prideful thing or an arrogant thing, but yeah, it's not. Yeah. It's a, it's a beautiful thing and it's a, a piece of self affirmation and having having fun with it. So excellent. That was number three. What's the, what's yes. the fourth? My fourth one is, um, and I'm learning this. This is my life lesson at the moment. It's something I've just been working on the last couple of months, but it's been life changing for me and it's been life changing for my confidence in my life and insecurity. But I am trying to live in the present as much as I possibly can. I'm not worrying about tomorrow because that will take care of itself. I'm not obsessing over the past because what's done is done. I am just trying to take each day as I can, make the decision that is right for that day, not get so caught up in what can be in a month, a year, two years. It doesn't mean you you don't forward plan and dream, but I'm just trying to be present in every moment. And that for me is giving me a new confidence in life which is really lovely, especially now in my 30s. Um, I feel like I'm, I never used to live in the present. I was always, I was always worried about the future. And now I've yeah. let that go, and that's had big repercussions for me. 
um, just trying to be so present in every single day and not going, today will take care of itself. What I need for today will show up in whatever way I need it to. And that's been a big one. Amazing. Has there been any authors particularly who've helped you with that final piece, that, that piece around being present? It's, again, it's a, it's yeah. a topic of conversation is, that is relevant today and people are writing yeah. and talking about that. So have you found anything particularly useful in helping you do that? Yeah, there is actually. There's a, um, an author in the States called Melody Beatty who um, okay. has written some books called Letting Go and they're about codependent relationships but all the stuff in the book is just really personal development stuff. And she, yeah. I have this app that's um, called Letting Go which is an, a daily app with a thought from Melody and that is amazing. It's all about just being present, owning everything, um, not, not giving away your power to people, being responsible for your own actions, reactions, not um, giving into fear. I mean, it's just great. And so at the moment, I'm just this, the biggest Melody Beatty fan. She's fantastic. Oh, cool. We'll make sure we have a, a link to that app in the show notes so people can go check her out. Um, yeah, great. Excellent. Have there been any other books that you recommend for people in this whole topic of overcoming insecurity? Anything else you've found useful? Uh, the Bible's a pretty good one. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I know that's not up everybody's. I know that's not up um, everyone's alley, uh, and I know that can sometimes be controversial in saying that. But if you look at the very core message of Jesus, and we're just talking about the message of Jesus, he was all about loving people, loving uh, yourself, loving others, being the best version of yourself, not believing the lies in your head, stepping into who you truly are so that you can make a difference in the world. That's what, if you look at what Jesus' words were, he was all about empowering people um, with this revolutionary idea of love, which back then was so different to the judgment of the hate and the religiousness of the time which crucified him, which is ironic um, considering this day and age and what, what religion is known for. But when you look at his words, he was just about love and self-love mm. and loving others and this fantastic ideology of a world that could be better than what it was. And so, you know, I turn to the Bible a lot as well. Um, and then, of course, Stephen Covey, who I think everybody knows, he did Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. He's, um, his, his whole thing is about choosing our responses to circumstances and then you change the circumstance, not just being a victim. So he's, he's got some great stuff and he's obviously a really highly read author as well. Fantastic. Obviously, I read both those books myself too and find great value. So that was a, a fantastic summary. Um, well, what a great conversation. We're, we're wrapping it up now. Is there anything else that you would say in closing uh, that would be, you know, anything else we haven't covered that you think is important to mention in terms of this journey of dealing with the limiting beliefs about yourself and really stepping into the full potential of who you can be as a human being? Um, I would just say that uh, things like insecurity is is just a fear and you don't want to look back at your life and go, wow, that fear held me back. You want to conquer that fear, and you can. Plenty of people yeah. do. You need to face it and actually face it, feel it, be in it. Go, yeah, this is this is what I'm feeling. You don't have to push it down. You can go, this is what I'm feeling right now, but then deal with it and let it go. Stop it before it starts. Stop it before it, it snowballs and, and choose to walk in your own power. Choose to walk in peace and realize that, these things are big topics and like you said it's simple and it's and it's hard as well but 
I mean, I, I don't I don't ever want to walk around being a victim going, look at what life's thrown at me, look at what life's given to me. I want to be the person that can just laugh in the face of whatever life throws me because I know who I am at the end of the day. And that takes hard work and I am working on that now to this day and I love that. And there has been no greater satisfaction in my own personal life in recent times than doing the hard work to become the person I want to be. So don't be scared of it being hard. It's a really beautiful thing to get to know yourself um, intimately and, and learn and work on your fears. So, and, and remember, I was a little girl who was terrified of stepping on stage and now I speak to a million people every morning in Melbourne and have been... I was, I was in England a few months ago on the BBC performing um, a song in front of 10 million people and, and I got oh, to a wow. place where I was like, you know what? Whatever happens, and it was live TV, and I could have fallen flat on my face, and I had to dance in stilettos, and it was just me. And I thought, I could fall off this stage, and 10 million people around the UK would see me. And I got to a place, I was like, I don't even care. It doesn't matter, because yeah, well, I'm just living in this moment, and I'm just happy to be here right now. So, you know, anything is possible. Anything is possible. It just takes a bit of hard work. Well, Lucy, I, I so acknowledge you've given us such a gift this morning in just being yourself. And obviously this stuff flows out of you because it is inside you. You you, you smoke what you're selling, I have no doubt. Um, and, and, and and I appreciate that and I acknowledge you because I agree, I, I believe it is possible to work through insecurity. It's It's the thing I feel most passionate about helping people do because I, I see the fruit of it in my own life, I see the fruit of it in your life, I see the fruit of it in others who, who do go, do you know what, this is just a fear and it is possible to come out the other side of this yes. and not let this hold me back. So no. whatever I need to do, let, let's go on that process. So thank you so much for sharing out of the abundance of the, the overflow of your personal development journey and uh, it's been such a joy to talk with you. So thanks again and uh, yeah, we'll wrap it up there. So. Um, stay tuned for more Insecurity Project podcasts. Make sure you subscribe to start to date with what's happening and I'll talk to you again soon. You've been listening to The Insecurity Project. If you're interested in finding out more about dealing with your own insecurity, check out the 30-day online Overcoming Insecurity Bootcamp. It combines high-quality frameworks with one-on-one coaching to help you eradicate the fear of not being good enough and give yourself permission to really flourish in life. For more information, check out jaymanfraser.com.